You can choose to view these things in one of two ways, that they are chaotic and unpredictable and there's no purpose behind them, or that you can see God is even sovereign over those things. Yeah. And right. so if he's doing something much bigger in the world, mm-hmm. which he is, mm-hmm. the scriptures would, would say that God's doing something in the world and there's a story that's progressing. And even the things that we've either brought on ourselves or the things that happen to us that are bad are, can be leveraged for that purpose right. too. That's actually encouraging to me mm. that nothing I do is outside of God's purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Movement Podcast. My name is Josh Reed, and I have the honor of being the content pastor here at Crosspoint. Now, part of being a disciple of Jesus is to follow him in the power of the Holy Spirit. And one of the main ways we do that is reading the word and walking in faith and obedience to it. And so we're doing this podcast as an opportunity to dig deeper into the scriptures that we're studying on Sundays, which in this case is the book of James, and that we can begin to dialogue around some of the issues that may try to trip us up so that we can actually get to some faithful application. Now, if you haven't seen the sermon from this past Sunday, let me encourage you to go to crosspoint.tv slash watch now and listen to that introductory sermon. But today I'm joined by the beloved PK. Paul Cavetter, our online pastor, and Becca Morgan, our content coordinator, and we're going to dialogue around James 1, 1 through 18, and tackle some background things as we really just try to explore the issues of trials, faith, and hope in Jesus. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. My name's Josh. For those of you listening, and I'm the content pastor here at Crosspoint. Hey, uh, my name is PK or Paul Cavetter, and I'm the online pastor here at Crosspoint, and I'm excited to get to have some conversation about James. And my name is Becca, and I'm the content coordinator here at Crosspoint. Yeah. I've been looking forward to, to this conversation where we're going to deep dive into James, and uh, we've been taking some questions in from uh, the online campus and from others, and so let's just dive right in. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. Well, absolutely. Hey, what, are some of the, what are some of the questions you've been getting online? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, there's been a lot of questions just wrapped around some like background, some context of the book of James, you yeah. know, just about about the author and about what was happening at the time, just so we can kind of have a little bit more understanding of what was going on as, you know, we're, we're learning right. from this book together. Makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll dive right in on that. Um, so author is James, and that's uh, there's basically three James in the New Testament that this could potentially be. You've mm-hmm. got James, the son of Zebedee, who is one of Jesus' uh, inner three uh, disciples. You have uh, younger James or lesser James, who's son of Alphaeus, who's also one of the 12. Uh, and then you have a guy named James who would be uh, Jesus' half-brother. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so then you just start to do like process of discernment. Which one, which James are we talking about here? Well, the first James, he got dead pretty quick. And <laughs> he got dead. He got dead pretty quick. And, uh, He's got a cool name. Though. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, he was a son uh, of thunder. Uh, I mean, man. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm glad you can remember those names. Those are awesome. I know. <laughs> but uh, so Acts 12, um, you see he dies uh, in like 44, 42, 44 AD, something like that. So that pretty quickly rules him out because this letter is dated uh, historically somewhere between 46 and 49 mm-hmm. AD. So it really comes down to who could be the one that would be the James that would do this. And so process of elimination leads us to this half-brother of Jesus. And then two, um, it leads us to thinking through the role that James picks up on and plays in the New Testament. So there's some internal evidence, too, in Acts chapter 15. 
there's a guy named James who helps oversee the Jerusalem Council, and he has a speech in that. And what people have noticed is that the language and the and the way the words are articulated there lines up really closely to the book hmm. of James. And so those are the kinds of internal yeah. clues that people are like, oh, this is probably that same James. And so church history has affirmed that too from early. This was one of the books, this was probably one of the first books written in the New Testament. And so from early on, some of the church fathers that we have records of, they they attributed this to that James pretty early. Okay. Um, now from a setting standpoint, you think about the book of Acts, uh, what's happening. You have Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and then his ascension into the heavens, and then he sends the Holy Spirit to dwell in people who trust him. Mm. That's Acts chapter 2. This movement happens. Peter preaches the gospel. Tons of people are born again, saved, and then they start taking this gospel message to uh, the city of Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. And one of the people who were part of that was this James. And he's the one that becomes a real leader in the church in Jerusalem. Mm. So are these formerly Jewish Christians? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And what's cool about Pentecost— So they would have known James, right? I mean, Yeah, they would have known James for sure. They knew his his family. They knew his connection to Jesus. Yep. And what's cool about that in Acts 1, 14 Mm. is uh, it says that Jesus' brothers were among those Mm. in the upper room. Mm. (laughs) There's just like this little note insert. So— James and his brothers, who totally didn't get down with Jesus, they're like, this dude's crazy. Right. Like, they saw the resurrection, and they're like, oh, man, this is it. Right. I mean, could you imagine seeing your brother die and then come back to life? Yo, that would be crazy. (laughs) That would be crazy. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Right. I'd be like, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. Okay, I get I'm it. Sorry I get for what it. I said. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't believe you. you know? <laughs> right. But it changed. It just like the resurrection changed everything for even those that were the closest to him right. and yeah. his family. Is it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So this is early though. This is really early in that movement. This letter would have been early. So think about you know uh, the persecution that happens in Jerusalem with Stephen getting martyred in uh, Acts six through eight, and then the church starting to scatter then Mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, 8 through 12 is Judea. So Acts 1-8 tells us what happens. You know, you'll preach this gospel. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. Well, Acts 8 through 12 is Judea and Samaria. Mm -hmm. That's what's taking place is that it's starting to scatter out. Mm -hmm. And then uh, starting with chapter 13, you got Paul taking it to the ends of the earth. All right. So this letter would have been written shortly around that time. And what's happening is James from Jerusalem as a leader in the church mm. is writing to Jews that have been scattered. Uh, you see what I mean? That, yeah, that's why sure. he says this is They're in the other exile. cultures. They're in other areas that they didn't grow up in. They're around people right. they don't know. They're trying to figure it out. That's exactly yeah. right. Wow. And so that's the context of this letter mm. going out. That's cool. Yeah, that's I, so I just skip to the end of the life. What, what happened to James? So James in uh, roughly 62, 64 AD, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. uh, he gets thrown off the Temple Mount, doesn't die, <laughs> and somebody comes over with a big bat and crushes his skull. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's wow. how he dies. Wow. In that persecution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. S- similarly, around the same time as mm-hmm. Paul, some of them. Yeah. So Nero's persecution, yeah. uh, it was pretty brutal uh, for Christians in that mm-hmm. in that era. So. I mean, for a letter like this to be circulating was a, you know, an opportunity to die for this letter that's circulating, right? To be able to, to publicize who Jesus was and how we live it out, a, a new life in him yeah. was, was a, a death penalty option, right? It was yeah. an opportunity. 
And and the crazy thing is, it still is uh, in many places in the world today. Mm-hmm. So there really was a lot of considering, a lot of uh, trials that were taking place. There was persecution already happening by by nature of them being scattered, mm-hmm. losing possessions, things like that. Yeah. This letter was written to that. So mm-hmm. consider it joy when you encounter all kinds of unexpected trials. Wow. And so he really is trying to write very practical advice based on the gospel and based on the historical Old Testament scriptures saying, man, like, how do we live? How then should we live in light of all of this? And mm-hmm. that's, that's good. That's what the, the letter's all about. Wow. Well, I, I think, you know, that kind of leads us into some of the questions that we we had with some of our online. We asked some of our online people to share. It's really easy for our online people to jump in a chat room and share a question with us or yeah. ask what's, you know, what's going on. And so um, one of the things that was asked was, why do some people endure more trials in life than others? And how do we how do we kind of reconcile you know, our trials and the tough things that are going on in our life with the choices that we make in our life and, mm. and to be able to see like, it, what is God doing in these trials? Like, why would he, why, why don't we just have like an easy life and everything just go the way we want it? You know? Yeah. So why, why is it that we go through trials? Mm. <laughs> Becky, why don't why you take that one? Because God wants Let's us to have, a, he wants it to be a tough life for us. Does he want it to be hard on us? Is it, is it that, or is, is there something more there for us in these trials? Yeah. Mm, that's a great question. I mean, Josh, you can correct me here if I'm wrong, but I would say that God is not the originator mm. of the bad things that we experience in life. From Genesis 3, we know that there's an enemy, mm-hmm. and that he has rule and reign over this world. And because of that, bad things happen. And that doesn't mean that it's outside of God's sovereignty. God knows when, when things are going to happen. And, um, it's just so it's part of a much bigger, bigger picture, bigger story. But what I love that James does is he talks about trials and temptations. And so trials being the things that are outside of, Kind of things that happen to you, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, things that happen to you. Mm-hmm. So maybe not out, outside of your doing. Mm-hmm. And then there's temptations, and he makes it very clear. Temptation gives birth to sin and sin to death. And so the consequences of giving into sin are when we bring on trials for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So we're just experiencing the consequences of our decisions. Right. So. Yeah, those are two different things for right. sure. So yeah. that's a good delineation. Um, yeah, the, the trials that James is talking about, there's a particular word that he's using that talks about something unexpected. Um, there's a couple other places it's used in the New Testament. One is uh, the story of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. Luke 10, where the guy was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among robbers. Well, he wasn't expecting that. Right. He was walking from one city to the next, and mm-hmm. some and some dudes jumped out and got him. You know. Um, and then another place is in Acts twenty-seven when Paul's ship uh, runs upon a reef. It's like they were sailing; they weren't expecting to hit that. It was like pow. And so it, that word is really uh, this idea that these things are unexpected. Mm. Um, and to Becca's point, there is a sense in which, since Genesis 3, there are the unpredictability of life is a reality. Yeah. Because of our forefathers and our first parents bringing sin into the world and, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. 
Come on, Adam and Eve. I know, right? right? <laughs> Come on. Elbow drop from the top rope. Um, <laughs> but, but that's the world that we experience. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is that he's giving a particular perspective on that. How can you consider something like that joy? Because mm. it really is like it's a, that's a word that he's saying, make a decision. Oh, man. Because he's saying you, you can choose to view these things in one of two ways, that they are chaotic and unpredictable and there's no purpose behind them. Or that you can see God is even sovereign over those things. Yeah. And so if he's doing something much bigger in the world, Mm -hmm. which he is, Mm -hmm. scriptures would would say that God's doing something in the world and there's a story that's progressing. Yeah. Then even the things that we've either brought on ourselves or the things that happen to us that are bad can be leveraged for that purpose too. That's actually encouraging to me. Mm. That nothing I do is outside of God's purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Or nothing that happens to me. Yeah. If if the goal is Christ likeness and the goal is to be a part of this story that He's weaving together. Yeah. Consider it all joy. Yeah. I mean, when you have a narrow view of life and you're just going through terrible things, it is really easy to miss the bigger picture of, hey, I'm going through this time in my life and it's really hard. I didn't choose this, but if I'm able to to hit back up and have a bigger vision and know that God's got a bigger plan for it. I can get through just about anything Mm -hmm. to know that he's got a, he's got a bigger plan that I'm a part of and I can't mess it up. Yeah. Right. I can't mess up God's plan for my life. (laughs) Right. You know, I can't, there's, it's not on me. I've given my life to Jesus. I'm surrendering over to him. You know, I'm, I'm giving it all to him. But when I can back up and look at my whole life and even bigger, I can look at the history of human humanity and go, God's got a bigger plan I can get through these tough times to know he's got a better plan for me. Yeah. You know, and, and so for, for me, that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. You know, and, and I can zoom out of those tough times when things are going, whether I made the decisions or they happened for me, I can zoom out and go, God's bigger than this. Yeah. I can have hope. I think it's also really encouraging in verse five, where he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, it's like he's saying there's purpose in your trials and also you can ask God for wisdom in the midst of your trials. Mm-hmm. And so you're not walking through those things alone. Right. And I was geeking out a little bit this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Our team has studied Proverbs this year and knowing that James and the people that he's writing to would have an awareness of Proverbs mm-hmm. just thinking about how wisdom plays a role. Mm. Proverbs one says that wisdom begins with fear of the Lord. Mm. So it's like, if you're, these people are literally being killed for their faith. They're fearing the Lord more than they're fearing whatever else they're facing. Right. And so there's so much peace you get in that because if you, if you don't fear death, then what, what's left to fear, you know? Yeah. So I just love that. It's not just like a, pull yourselves up by the bootstraps and mm. and endure these trials because you're going to be more mature for it. Yeah. But God's going to provide the grace that you need to endure the trials that you're walking through. And if you endure it, you're going to be more mature, more complete, more Christ-like as a result, you know? But what you're talking about, both of you guys are talking about, is exactly why he says, if you lack wisdom. Mm-hmm. So in this context, what wisdom is, is that overarching understanding of life. Right. I know. When she was talking, I was getting chills because I was thinking, that's but, what the wisdom is, is to be able to zoom out. Right. Yeah. It's the wisdom to zoom out and go, oh, man, I know God has a bigger plan for me. Right. 
I can find joy in this because I, I have a whole lot of joy about the bigger plan, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Because our day-to-day circumstances, these, those things are, they'll fluctuate. Yeah. yeah. I was literally talking to my eight and 10 year old about this last I night. I love that you have to think because you have so many kids. I know. I'm I like, know. which one? How old are they? <laughs> <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> Who are these people? Um, we were talking about this very thing last night and my eight year old looks at me after thinking about it. He goes, dad, so like, so we, ne- we should actually be happy to die. He's a better theologian than yeah, me. Yeah, I know, right? Man. And I was like, you know, there's realities of sadness that come with right. things. But mm-hmm. and when we see where this is all heading, right. you know, then to your point, consider it all joy. That's it. I should just bring him on the podcast. Yeah, you, please. You sit here. Elliot, <laughs> we are ready. Eight-year-old theologian, come let's on. go. <laughs> He'd be like, y'all got some snacks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> Well, I think I think some of it too is like kind of the uh, another kind of question. Pastor Kevin said that James doubted Jesus, and uh, we've had a couple people ask us if this doubt is the same kind of situation that occurred when Peter denied Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is that that same kind of doubt that James had for his brother? That is this guy who's my brother really who he says he is? Yeah, and to, to think of somebody that that's that close to go through there life together and go that that's my brother. My brother's the son of God. Yeah. Um, and so, so just to, to kind of talk through that and try to get a little bit of understanding of, of that doubt. Yeah. Can you also just circle back to what, when Peter denied Jesus, what that story was, what it was. people oh, yeah. that that's really don't good. know. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure the corollaries of that. That's a good question. I have to, I'd probably dig into that a little more. Um, and I think I've, I've been thinking about it though. What happens in the, in that story is Peter walked with Jesus for three years. You know, he saw everything. He saw the miracles. He heard the teaching. He was brash and saying, God, like, Jesus, we would never deny you. you yeah. know? And then when the the trial came, <laughs> yeah. wait, this one that I was I put all my hopes in, he's actually fixing to die. Will I stand with him? He actually didn't do what he said he promised he was going to do. Yeah. And so in three instances then, and Jesus predicted that. He told him, he says, before the rooster crows, you'll have denied me three times. Mm. Peter's like, no, I won't. You know? <laughs> That's right. And guess what happened? Three times he gets an opportunity to stand with Christ, and three times he denies him. One of the times, the last time, invoking curses on his life. And guess what happened right after that? The rooster crowed. Mm. Luke gives us a little insert that says it's at that moment Jesus turns and looks at him and makes eye contact with him. Can you imagine what no. Peter felt at that point? <laughs> Ouch. Look straight into your soul. <clears throat> right? And and he still went to the cross. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's probably some corollary because the, the link to that is faith. Mm. Right? Um, because at the end of the day, the way that he's using doubt here is a little different. It's a, it's a word that is rooted in the idea of judgment. Um, and so really this word doubting is to judge, but something superior between two things. Mm. Uh, there's a, there's a few other places it's used, but we are, our words of doubt, doubt is such a big word in our culture right now. It kind of clouds a little bit of Mm -hmm. this and we read that into these texts a lot of times. Definitely. And so it's, it has more to do with the idea of, of, are you judging 
two things is, is what Jesus, who he is and what he said, is your faith in that and like certain of that? Or is it in something else? It's not like, man, I really, I believe help my unbelief. It's not that. It's like something else. I'm believing something else totally. Does that make sense? So there's, oh, yeah. it's a judgment between You're like two. You're turning to something completely right. different than Jesus. Yeah, which yeah. is why he gets to the point in verse 8. So he was, he was turning to something different than Jesus. Yeah. He was keeping... He was believing you, something else yeah, to be true. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. So... So that's what he's saying. He's like, let him ask in faith without doubting. Let him ask in faith, not, not believing something else. Mm. Like believe in the, the context of this story of who God's revealed himself to be in Jesus, in the word. Because he says, if you do that, you'll be double-minded. Now, it's possible that he made that word up. But really, yeah, it's, it's a word that basically means two-souled, like that you have a divided heart. Oh. So I imagine James is probably steeped in the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, for Psalm sure. eighty six eleven says, yeah. "Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that mm. I might fear your name." Oh dang! Yeah, <laughs> got him. So I think that's yeah. probably what he's doing right mm-hmm. here. Is at least that idea? Because otherwise, if you try to live with straddling faith in Jesus or faith in something else or living for something else, it will literally tear your soul apart. Can we dig into that a little bit more? Because yeah. I think like my question there is what does that look like in our lives now, especially like being able to remove like our modern understanding of the word doubt? What does it look like for someone to be straddling Jesus and something else so that we can avoid it? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you guys think? Oh man, I I think that um, I think it's pretty easy to let other things rule your life. Yeah, you know, I think especially kind of in the day we live in that, you know, we can let um, you know. I, for me, I'm I'm a dad. I got three kids. I think it can let my identity be that I'm a dad and I'm a father, and that can rule my life over Jesus. Right. Which it's a good thing. It's good to be a good dad. It's good to be a good father. But I gotta keep it in it check has to, to fall know. Under, yeah, yeah. That, you know. I think for, for, for everybody, there's, there's opportunities to let other things rule our hearts and our life and to invite in, you know, success. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, um, when I talk to, to, uh, to kids, my kids and their friends, it was funny them them growing up, they all wanted to be YouTubers, you know, they all want to be famous, (laughs) you know, I mean, I think that's the, we all want a blue check on our Instagram account. You know, I think that's the, that's a thing to, um, you can create this whole different life for yourself and this whole persona and get caught up in it and and miss Jesus because you're trying to create this character that you live in. Um, and so I, th- I think for us to be double-minded is we're, we're creating different personas for ourselves. Yeah. When I go into church, I'm a certain persona. If I go in my family, I'm a certain persona. Mm-hmm. When I go in, in my work, I'm a, a certain persona. When I'm online, I'm this person. And so I think it's like being so scattered, not only mentally, but like you're saying, to be divided as yeah. a soul when you're giving yourself in yeah. so many different ways that you really miss, you can miss Jesus in it. Yeah. Because you get caught up in all these other things. And then it's when the trials come, it's you're tossed around like a wave of the sea because you're not rooted anywhere. Exactly I think that's true. honestly like the test, right? It's like. 
that's what trials do. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It's like, you yeah. know, well, your, I think your it, heart's it's divided. Like, it, I mean, your faith is a muscle. Yeah. Like if yeah. you don't, fl- if you don't work your faith, if you don't work it out, it gets weak. Mm. And when you've, you're divided and you're living for other things other than faith in Jesus, when life comes, when you hit, <laughs> you're the, the boat hitting the, the shore that you didn't see coming, you know, when, right. you're, when, when life happens to you, it rocks everything yeah. Yeah. because you haven't been working that faith muscle. Right. And so, I mean, when I'm talking mm-hmm. with people that they're going through hit after hit after hit, family, finances, things, situations in life, and I feel so heavy, I was, when's the last time you, you prayed? When's the last time you spent in God's word? Mm-hmm. When's the last time you let Jesus speak to you? Yeah. And in, it's been a long time is usually the response yeah. because they haven't been flexing that. They haven't been working that faith muscle. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, they lose it. Yeah. They're rooted. Their anchor is gone because they haven't been working it. And I think Kim has said this. Trials function as a wedge mm. to either push you closer to the Lord or drive you further away. But it won't allow you to stay neutral. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but there is a reality to this that human life... Like there was a test in the garden. Don't eat of the tree of knowledge, good and evil. So there's a part of it that testing is just part and parcel to being human. Yeah. Because being made in God's image Mm -hmm. and being brought into this co-ruling aspect of the whole world with him, that the temptation would be you have to keep those things in order, Mm -hmm. creator and creature. Yeah. And what's the first thing that happens? It's a doubt. Mm. It's a planted seed of doubt from somebody that wants to be God, that serp- yeah. that sneaky serpent, as the oh, children's Bible say. Yeah. And it's this. Did God really say that? Ooh. You can be like him in all the way. Like, they were already like him. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no. And that's the, that's the thing. That's the temptation that we get every single day. Right. Nothing's changed. It's which story are we choosing to live our lives out of? And what James is saying is this story that has been handed down once and for all to the saints, delivered once for all to the saints, is what Jude, another brother of Jesus, says later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, the, it's the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Yeah. Like, like we have a choice to make every single day, is my allegiance to this Christ, to this story? Mm-hmm. Because the, the reality is, is we're tempted to believe another story every single day, and it's a story that puts us at the center right. of reality. Ooh. And that's other religions, that's our modern, yeah. you know, what you're talking about. Put me on the throne. Right. right. I want yeah. to be your king. It's all about me. Yeah. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Yeah, that's it. Me, me, me. All right. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> that's what we need. we need. We need some rap. Let's go. <laughs> we need some flow. Well. I really like what um, Kevin said on Sunday when he was talking about testing. He was like, you take a test to see where you need to grow. And I think it takes a little bit of like the, where the enemy might tempt us to feel shame about realizing that our heart is divided it's like well now you know mm-hmm. and now it's an opportunity to grow that faith muscle you know yeah so i appreciate that a lot because it would be really easy james used such strong language which i respect because he just cut straight to the point but it can be easy to read it through a lens of like well i suck right you know? and yeah. that's not the heart behind it so yeah yeah, and, and I think that's that's important to understand, to read it within the lens of, I mean, he says it, he's going to say it in um, uh, verse, 
Well, he says it in verse 18, and then he's going to say it again in verse 21. There's something about receiving this word in your heart as true and aligning your life with it that is going to produce a certain kind of fruit mm-hmm. over time. So there's, there's a lot of assumptions he's making that we understand the story from Genesis up until now. That's good. And, and that story is that the righteous shall live by faith. Righteousness and wickedness are first and foremost in Proverbs and wisdom language is first and foremost relational terms. It's mm-hmm. not behavior terms. Mm-hmm. Behavior flows from relationship, not, not as a, like not to it. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. That's really important when we start to think about that. So you don't read this like, even if you're like, oh man, I suck. Like that's actually not necessarily a bad thing if repentance is the right. next step and like faith that, oh my gosh, Jesus has done the thing. Right. He's done the thing for, for me so that I can be in righteous, right relationship with God. Right. Yeah. So if you feel that, just keep going. Right. That's good. Just keep going in the That's process. Because yeah. what the enemy wants you to do is be like, oh man, I suck. Well, God must not be good. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like that's oh, yeah. a wholly different right. story. Yeah. Shrink back. Yeah. Right. So it's really, I, I, I want to keep going, but I know yeah. we were, we got like eight, right. 12, hey, 18 oh verses. You know, we've talked about kind of the arc and the story of scripture quite yeah. a bit. And you shared some resources this past uh, week with our staff on being able to, you know, see the thread that runs through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Do you mind sharing just some of those resources if somebody was listening and they were like, oh, man, I didn't realize that the Bible from the beginning to end that there was a thread that was running through it. There's a story that's connecting it all together. That's great. Um, do, you, do you mind sharing some of that? Absolutely. So there's a app, uh, there's a company called Spread Truth Ministries, and they have an app called The Story. Mm. And that that app is really good. I would highly recommend that. It shows you just in really quick form the main um, the main parcels of Scripture, creation, fall, rescue, restoration. That's mm-hmm. the general overarching storyline. If you want to go deeper into that, uh, I highly recommend the Jesus Storybook Bible <laughs> or uh, I'm, I'm doing air quotes a, for kids. kids Bible, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's one of my favorite. That's so good. But uh, the author has done a really good job with this very thing we're talking awesome. about. And then there's another book called The True Story of the Whole World by Craig Bartholomew and Michael Goheen. There's several books that do this, but those are the, those are the resources that I would, like those are a great place to start and dive in because what they're trying to do is to help you understand that if we don't grasp this story, then what we'll try to do is take concepts of God and, and mm-hmm. random scriptures and we'll try to fit them into another story. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. Yeah. That's where disillusionment sets in. That's where all kinds of things can run rampant. Yeah. But if we if we highlight, you know, there's this story that God has been writing from before the foundations of the world, and he's invited us to participate in it. We stiff-armed him at the first, but he's not given up on that story. Yeah. And what he's done in the person and work of Jesus is not only undoing the curse, but reforming a people to live those exact purposes that he set out in creation in the first place. And that's exciting. Yeah. And James is a part of that story. That's great. Yeah. So we're doing, we're doing this as a part of the movement series. Um, and like pastor Kevin said on Sunday, movements moves. So here's the question <laughs> I want to end with here as followers of Jesus, how can we participate in the movement based on our conversation today? Mm. Yeah. I love what PK said about, flexing the faith muscle. I think in reading this, like we don't have to be like, okay, I'm waiting for my next trial to come (laughs) into my life. None of us are wishing for that. Um, But instead, like 
pursue Jesus mm-hmm. and he'll pursue, like he's already pursuing you. Um, so what can we do to, to keep flexing that muscle, to t- keep growing that muscle? That's good. That's good. I, I think for me, I'm always reminded when we talk about trials and temptations, all those things, just of like whenever things happen to me or I make bad choices and things don't go the way I want them, I sometimes act like a stupid little kid that is like mad at his dad, you know, cause, cause it didn't work out the way I wanted it. Um, but just to, to the reminder to, to zoom out and to look at, um, all of life through that lens of God's got this bigger plan for me and I can find joy in it and I can, you know, be upset, be mad, be, you know, that it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out, but then to realize, Hey, I can find joy in this cause I've got a bigger story. I'm a part of a bigger plan and that I, I, I'm, I may be caught up in this really tough time right now, but I can get through it. Yeah. I can get through it. So I, I want to find more joy when things don't work out the way I want them to work out. Yeah. You know, when they didn't go as I planned them or thought them. So, That's yeah. Good. Yeah. James gives us really practical advice on how to live that out. Um, yeah. The only thing I would add to that is keep reading this. Dig in uh, just like we've done here. Grab a couple of people. There's a reading plan that uh, we've put out. You can go to crosspoint.tv slash movement mm-hmm. yeah. and grab a hold of that reading plan. Uh, it's in the app too. If you have the app or you want to download the app, get a couple of people and just do what we're doing right yeah. here. Read the scriptures again and chop this up. And if, you know, if you're not sure on things, feel free to submit questions. We'll help any way we can. Right. But this is, this is, we just keep spreading this out. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if, if we all just began to really lean into this scripture and say, you know what, I'm going to push my chips in. I'm going to consider it all, Jordan. Yeah. I, I mean, I am. Mm. What would that look like? A bunch of people who entri- endure trials with joy? Right. Man. <laughs> Wildly hopeful. Wildly hopeful. <laughs> That's Let's a go. movement. I want in. I want in. Well, thank you all so much for your time and for the conversation, the wisdom today. Mm-hmm. We'll keep this rolling. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for contributing to and listening in on today's conversation. We will be dropping a new episode every Thursday about the previous Sunday's message on the Movement Podcast. So be sure to tune in next week as well. Now, we have created a survey because we want your feedback. And you can help us out by going to crosspoint.tv slash podcast survey and to answer a few questions to see if this is actually helping. And so if you do that, at the end of six weeks, we're gonna draw three names out and give away three $50 gift cards to Amazon. And you can find the link to this in the show notes. Uh, As always, please follow along with us on the reading plan and to dig in a little deeper in your own time at crosspoint.tv slash movement. And follow us on social media at crosspoint.tv on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Next week, we're going to be back right here around James 1, 19 through 27. See you back next week.